Is that the right button? Okay, good. Good morning, church. Good morning, family. We're so glad to be here with you this morning. This is a pleasure for us. Uh, hopefully, it's a pleasure for you, too. This is only the second time we're going through a presentation, so bear with us. Uh, but the first thing we want to do is introduce ourselves. Family, please stand up. This is our family, the Fisher family. We got my wife, Terry, our daughter, Sophia, my 16-year-old uh, son, Nathaniel, believe it or not, 16, and uh, Benjamin as well. He is, has just turned 19. So I know, it's incredible, isn't it? And let me tell you, these boys eat. So pray for us, pray for us. Uh, the first thing I'd like to do, if we could, I'd like to show a short uh, video, and then Terry and I are going to share our presentation. So, Greg, can we have the video, please? I desire to glorify you with my life. Help me to view the hard yet holy assignments you place in my life with an eternal perspective. Give me the faith and courage to obediently walk through hard things so I can bear fruit for your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Hard, hard yet, yet holy, holy perfectly, perfectly sums, sums up our first, up first term, term of service, service with ABWE in Chile. After five, After five long, long years of pre-filled pre ministry, ministry, God finalized our support team in his perfect time at the end of 2018. We spent, we spent 2019 in South Texas, where Dave studied Spanish. After packing, After packing our container in record cold Pennsylvania temperatures in January 2020, we left U.S. soil on January 29, arriving in sunny Iquique, Chile, on the afternoon of January 30, 2020, four years ago. God had, God had already paved, paved our way, way by the time we arrived in Iquique. Our ABWE colleagues eagerly welcomed us. And we, and we moved into, into our, our home right away, right away upon arrival. Our container, our container however, wouldn't, wouldn't catch, up catch up to us until, until almost six weeks later. We make we quite, quite the ruckus when we unpack our 20-foot container on the busy, busy narrow, narrow street, street in front, in front of, our of our house. It was, it was great, great to have our belongings, belongings though, and to be and able, to, be able settle to settle into the life that God had called us to in Iquique. And then the world changed. The first, the first case, case of COVID-19 hit Chile in the first few days of March 2020. And on March 18, 2020, the borders were closed and lockdowns began. At the height, At the height of, the of the pandemic, we were only allowed out of our homes for two hours a week with special, with special passes, passes from the police. The lockdowns lasted off and on for almost two years, the first, the first half of our first term of missionary service in Chile. When the, when the pandemic, pandemic hit, our church, our church planting ministry went, went online. Like most, like most churches, churches around, around the world, we started, we started with recording, recording sermons, sermons and sending them out via WhatsApp to using, to using Zoom, Zoom for actual, for actual church, church services with a children's, with a children's segment, segment, music, music and, and, and the sermon. There was, there was a definite learning curve for, for all, of all of us during, during that time. time. While we, While were, we able were able to transition church services to Zoom, the Florese ministry was not so easily adapted to pandemic restrictions. Babies, babies were still, were still being born, born, and the needs of our clients were increasing. 
We had to, we get, had to creative get creative so that we could continue ministering to the women and families who needed our services. We began, we began offering food boxes to clients and using our passes creatively to meet clients at the center. Throughout this, Throughout this entire time, time we prayed, asking God, God to direct our steps and show, and show us when to give to Caesar what was Caesar, but to God what was God's, what was God's. and He directed, and he directed our, paths. our paths. One special blessing during this time of uncertainty was seeing how God brought ministry to us even when we were restricted to our home. We were able, we were able to, build to build relationships with those who came to our home looking for work to make ends meet. Eventually, Eventually, we had, we had people, people in our home, home two, two to three, three times, times a week for meals, for meals and hospitality. hospitality. What, a what a blessing our home was, was to us. Restrictions of some sort would remain in place until the fall of 2022, but we were able to begin attending clients in person at Forese to a limited degree in late 2020. Since Forese wasn't a large gathering of people, it was easier to work around the restrictions. However, we wouldn't be able to meet in person in an enclosed church until much later. But that didn't stop us from meeting in the open air. When you have beaches nearby, you do open air church at the beach. By the time the dust settled a bit from the pandemic, God, God had changed our northern Chile team. Two missionary, missionary units unexpectedly parted during the pandemic. But God, but God used us to focus and direct our ministries in Iquique. In in-person services for Iglesia Bautista de Iquique began on the third floor of the Florece downtown when lockdowns were lifted. We quickly realized that God had called us to minister to immigrants who now, who now called the Kike home, home and, how and how we grew, grew to love these brothers and sisters in Christ. Our little, Our little church, church family became the family, family they, they didn't have in Chile. They were, they were baby, baby believers, believers needing and wanting to learn more about, about Jesus. They had, they had put, put their faith and trust, and trust in, in Christ to save, to save them from, from their, their sin. sin. We, were we were able to work through what church could and should look like for these believers. Who had, who had very little Bible, Bible knowledge, but, but desired to grow. The downside, downside to serving immigrants is, is that many of them do move on. But God, but God continues to bring to us those He desires us to serve. And many, and many of them come to our Florese ministry. It has been, it has a, been a blessing and a privilege to see many, many women come to know Christ of Florese, begin to attend IVF, and make public their faith through believers' baptism. Public, public it is, it is. There's, there's nothing, nothing quite, quite like holding a baptism, baptism along the beachfront in Iquique for all to see. What a, what a great, great opportunity, opportunity to share the gospel. It's, it's almost impossible to put into words all that God has done in, in and through us during, during our first term in Iquique. It has it been, been incredibly hard, but, but incredibly holy. It has, it transformed, has transformed, transformed us and blessed us. We, we are truly, truly thankful for all, all that God taught, taught us and how, how He used us in spite, in spite of our weaknesses and failures. As we, As we reflect back on our first term and gaze, and gaze forward to our second, we are incredibly, we are incredibly grateful, grateful to you, our supporting churches, churches and individuals. We literally, we literally would not have survived our first term without your sustaining prayers and sacrificial giving. Thank, thank you for giving to the Lord. One day, One day in heaven, you will behold the fruit of your labor. 
Until then, Until then may God, may God continue, continue to give us all, all the faith, faith and courage, courage to obediently walk through the hard but holy, but holy times, times so we can, so we bear, can bear fruit, fruit for, his for His kingdom. kingdom. Okay, oh, oh, there I go. Okay, good. Church, it's been a long time. Four years is a long time. Things change. People change. We've definitely changed. I'd like to share with you a, a PowerPoint presentation, if we could get that up. And talk a little bit more about the ministry that we had while we were there the last four years. Uh, more specifically, I'd like to talk to you about the lessons that we have learned. And the lessons uh, that we learned, we take with us back to the field this next four years. But we do have top, a top five uh, that we're gonna talk about today. We've learned a whole lot more than that, but we're gonna talk uh, about the first, uh, the top five lessons that we've learned. So we're going to go through these one by one, so I'm not going to take time to read down through them uh, for sake of time because we're going to talk about them. And Dave's going to start us off with our first lesson, which is it's not all about us. Let me see if this is not moving. Can we get, can you go on to the next slide and hit it one more time? There you go. It's not about us. Have you ever heard that before? Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever practiced that in your life. It was hard for me. It was hard to change my concept of what ministry was, what it looks like, and um, also what God was asking me to do, and that was to humble myself. He, he taught me that whatever he wanted me to do, he would lead and it's not about me. That lesson resonates with me even today while I stand in front of you. This is about him, it's not about us. This picture, uh, whoops, you moved it on. <laughs> but the picture oh. that, I, I thought Dave might explain it, but I love this picture because this is Dave meeting with um, a missionary and a, one of our young men who came for, to the church for just a brief while. And Dave struggled so much with the language and um, wanting to be able to share in the way that he can do here in the United States. And God just continued to use him. And um, I'm really proud of my husband. I know you were all praying for him. Um, and God was able to use him in spite of that language barrier. So it's not all about us, and we had to learn that lesson. We also had to learn that ministry is messy. That's lesson number two. And I think maybe I shared a little bit of this story when I was here in September of 22. Um, but these pictures are of a person's home, um, if you can call it that. It's kind of a shanty town kind of idea. And this was uh, the home of Diego and his wife, Cecilia. Who, Cecilia, I got to know through Florese. She um, was one of my clients, and she came to know Christ. And then uh, their whole, this whole area was kind of on the side of a 
sand dune, basically. It burned, it burned down. And um, so they were trying to rebuild the little bit that they had, but their kitchen was open, and you see that up in that left corner. And so they came to the church and just shared that everything kept getting stolen out of their kitchen and could we help them and so one day Dave and I climbed up literally climbed up to this home and were shared uh, they, they shared with hospitality with us it was so humbling in this location and so we were able to help them um, purchase uh, materials to to close in that that kitchen and we thought everything was going well and then they disappeared and that's what we mean about ministry is messy. It certainly didn't go the way that we thought. They never did build that kitchen. In fact, they sold the materials that we bought with um, the benevolence funds so that they could move to Santiago, but they never told us. And so um, to this day, uh, there's, we've had a little bit of contact, but really don't know what God is doing. And we just pray that the, the, the message of the gospel that I know is in Cecilia's heart um, will, will continue to bear fruit wherever they go. I really appreciate, if you can see on the left-hand side there, uh, this quote. You may not control all the events that happen to you, but you can decide not to be defined by them. And sometimes we are defined by what happens to us when we should be looking and seeing what God is doing through those circumstances. And we can only do what we can do. God calls us, we go, we only can do what we can do. We have to ask that the Lord lead us and that we follow his leading. And we have to leave those results up to God. They're not for us, they're for him. Remember, it's not about us. The results are not up to us. The results are not for us. We need to remember that in our ministries. So not every story has a, um, is wrapped up you know, neatly with a nice little bow, um, like Cecilia and Diego. But I love this, um, these pictures of Maria Julia. She was baptized right before we left to come back to the United States. And uh, her story is, is very typical of a lot of the clients that we would serve at Florece. She's from Bolivia. She came to Chile because she was being abused by her partner. Um, she has three older children, and when she arrived in um, Chile, realized she was pregnant, and because of the, the conflict with her partner, she did not want to have this baby. So she found Florece looking for an abortion. And uh, we were able to talk with her and uh, share the gospel, and that that little baby um, was needed, needed life, that it was not the baby's fault, and that we could help her. And um, so she chose to carry her baby and came to know Christ, brought her mom, she came to know Christ, brought her aunt, she came to know Christ, and now they all come to church. And right before we left, she was baptized. But she's had to learn the hard way that following Christ, being a disciple of Jesus, is not easy. It doesn't mean when you put your faith and trust in Christ, it does not mean that life is going to get easier. In fact, it means it probably will get a little harder. And uh, when we had arrived, um, right when we had arrived in the States around Christmas, we found out that her partner, the abusive one, had come to Chile and essentially kidnapped her three children, took them back to Bolivia. And it's just a, it's a real big legal mess. So it, it sounds to our American minds that it should not be this way, but it, it's a mess. And um, she doesn't know when she'll see her children again. 
So you can pray for her. But I just talked with her this past week, sent her a message to encourage her, and uh, told her that we share her story in our churches. And she said, well, if anyone, this was, this was a baby believer, folks. She said, well, if they, can, if they can be encouraged from my story and I can help somebody with my story, then please share my story. And so pray for Maria Julia. And that's why we say God's ways are not our ways. Because uh, we would never have thought that uh, this man would have come and taken away these children uh, from Maria Julia, but, but it happened. Things happen, and sometimes there's no rhyme or reason for why they happen, but God knows. And God's ways are not our ways. That's the next lesson. And this was perhaps an obvious one, especially with two years of COVID lockdowns. We certainly weren't expecting that when we went to Chile, but God had a plan and his ways were not our ways. And as we said in the video, God used all that happened during that time to help define our ministry, especially our church planting ministry. But um, these, this family here in this picture, they were also in our video, just also, it's just another story of how our ways are not God's ways are not our ways. This family, um, we grew to love them very much. Rosaida, also, I was able to disciple. Um, she had already come to know Christ. They're from Cuba, and she had come to know Christ already, but I was able to really build a relationship with her um, after doing some trauma healing workshop work with her and just working through some things in her life. And her husband, they, they did get married um, by what do you call that, by legally? <laughs> they got legally married in Chile. Um, he was, um, said he had gotten saved in Cuba, but we never really saw a lot of growth in him. And uh, came to a point where um, Andres could no longer stay in Chile because his uh, visa, he had, a, he had a refugee status on his visa, but Chile was not going to renew that. And around the same time, Biden opened, Biden came into a presidency and our southern borders were opened. And so they decided to come to the United States. Of course, we had mixed feelings about that. And actually many of our clients have come to the United States. But um, there really was nowhere else for them to go. They could not go back to Cuba and they couldn't stay in Chile. So uh, they decided to come to the States. And through that journey, which is over land from Chile, if you remember your geography, way down south to up north, um, God changed Andres's heart. Uh, he, they did not tell me much about this when I got to see them in September of 22, but it was harrowing. And um, God changed his heart, and when he arrived in the States and we hooked them up with a church in Houston, Texas, he rededicated his life to the Lord, got baptized, and they wanted to get married in the church. And that's why one of the reasons I was home in September of 22, the last time I talked with you, and these are photos from that. You know, so God's ways aren't our ways. I would have loved for them to have stayed in, in Chile because I missed Rosaida. She was a good friend. And yet God took her away and her family away, but he needed to do that to reach Andres. And so they are continuing to serve the Lord. They are continuing to attend church and are, are walking with the Lord here in the United States. And so we can't grow weary, as it says in Galatians 6, 9, and 10. And let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. That leads me right into our next lesson. Being like Christ is more effective than doing for Christ. 
In many of the passages in the New Testament, we are called to be something different. Put on, put off, be the light, be the salt. It's all talking about being. And we're going to talk about this a little bit later. We're called to do, but that comes after being something different. So pictured here are two young women who were saved at Florece. On the left is Gilena. Left, yeah. <laughs> on the left is Gilena, and on the far right is Charmeli. Both of these young ladies are very special to me. I was able to disciple them, continue to do so um, by WhatsApp from a distance. Um, on the left was Gilena being baptized. On the right, I love that picture. You can't really see Charmeli's face, but that was the first time that she served at church. We were really trying to encourage our young believers to not just sit and take in, but now you need to serve. You need to use your gifts. And this was at a ladies' meeting, and she got up and did the games, and she was scared to death, um, but she did a great job. And so we, we realized that these young women, and then the young man in the middle, his name is Pablo, um, he, we met him during COVID because he delivered our Chinese food to our house, and we got to know him. That's how God brought people to us during during the pandemic. Um, but he, he became kind of like another son to us. And um, we realized that, that these people that God had surrounded us with, they were watching us. Charmelli made a comment right before we left. And she said, you know, thank you for showing me how a Christian family should work. Thank you for showing me. And it wasn't anything I said. It wasn't anything Dave said to Pablo. They watched us. In fact, Pablo wants to come to the United States this summer and just live with an American family in the United States and see how we do life. And it's so much, we've, we realize it's just, we don't have to do anything special. We just have to be Christ. We have to be his hands and feet to people. And that's all any of us really need to do. That's what God calls us to. And God does the work. Being rather than uh, doing. When God calls, he provides and equips. This was a, a very important lesson for us because uh, we didn't know what was happening. God got us there and everything shut down for two years. We were allowed out of our house for uh, two hours, once a week for groceries. That's how locked down we were. Uh, I think it was a little, a little worse than here, if I, if I recall. Okay. Okay, so, but he provided and he equipped. He provided for our needs. He equipped us with what we needed to minister to those he brought our way. Uh, just, just that fact alone uh, helped us during that uh, time of COVID and the lockdowns. And, um, you know, I, I remember hearing about what was happening in the United States and we were hearing that churches were shutting down and people were losing their jobs and you know of course we we probably got the worst news just like the news here but honestly we began to think it took us so long and you know that as our church family it took us so long to get to the field and to raise that support and then we were thinking are we going to lose it lose a lot of it because of what is happening but god provided and he continues to provide and as we look to our future um you all know i believe that we've been asked to switch cities we're going to move from iquique which is northern chile to santiago which is the capital city in the center of the country um, we know that god's going to continue to provide and he's going to continue to equip 
Um, this last slide, if you can. So Terry is going to talk a little bit about yeah. our, uh, what we're looking forward to, to doing there in Santiago. So on, on this last slide, these are just some of the things, and we can just click, you can just click down through them. These are some of the things that we've been asked to participate in. Uh, now that we have, I guess, um, a term under our belt, uh, we will continue to work in church planting or church supporting. We're really not sure what church we'll be involved with yet as we get to know the churches there in um, Santiago. Just for a little bit of history, ABWE has been in Chile for over 70 years, and there are over 40 churches that were started by missionaries, including my dad, um, in Santiago. So that's where I grew up. I'm looking forward to going back. It has changed a lot. It's a city of over 8 million people now. Um, so we're, we're going from a city of about 275,000 to a city of 8 million. So it's a little bit different. Um, but we are going to be working with a church and, and all that that entails, the things we were doing up in, in northern Chile. But we've also been asked to participate in a school, um, Santiago Christian Academy. It is the school that I actually graduated from. It was originally um, started for missionary children, and it has now transitioned to a bilingual Chilean Christian school. And um, the transitions have been difficult, so they... Um, knew that Dave had administrative experience and I have educational experience, so they've asked us to come and be part of the administrative team with that ministry. I will continue doing pro-life ministry. In fact, we have been wanting to visit all these churches in, in Santiago to raise support for Florece in northern Chile so that it can become self-sustaining. So I will be able to do that. And then we also have other churches who want to start their own centers, which is exciting. We actually trained a group of women from a church this these past four years they just haven't been able to get it off the ground so we're gonna hopefully help them get that off the ground um, and then some other things like trainings continued there's a lot of trainings that we've developed we need to just kind of centralize them and get them out to the churches Dave will be doing treasury and legal representative work for the mission our seminary is there so there's opportunities for teaching and and interacting with them and then really, we have just really seen the need for forging and strengthening relationships um, with the churches and the pastors and the pastors' wives um, that are of these churches that have been around for a while, but the missionaries have left. You know, that's one thing that I guess I've, I've really, as an adult now missionary, I, I, I realize it's hard on our national friends. The missionaries come and go. They, don't, they can't. They stay there. And uh, it's hard to see us come and go, and I've realized that more as an adult now. Um, but we want to build those relationships again and, and just strengthen them and help, help those pastors and their wives know that we're still here and we're here to help them and encourage them and use our gift of hospitality, have people in our home. Um, and so we're looking forward to that. And we will be working specifically with Dave and Ruthann Rogers, who are the last veteran missionaries, so to speak. They've been in Chile for over 30 years, over 35 years. Um, they're going into probably what is their last term. And so we are going to come alongside them and glean all, all that we can from them and be their, be their disciples <laughs> um, so that we can then carry on the ministry in Chile. Okay, thank you, Terry. I'd like to go right into uh, a short uh, devotional this morning. I'd like to uh, show an image uh, of uh, what I saw in my second semester of language school. This was the first week that uh, I, went, I went to uh, language school. Let's show that slide. 
What do you glean from that? Not much, right? Neither did I. I, I walked in and I thought, who is this guy? Who's the teacher? The teacher's name was uh, David Love. And a uh, very interesting name, last name. But this, this is what he wrote on the board. It's messy. It's messy. It's sometimes not clear. You can probably gain some idea of what he's saying if you study it hard enough, but who's going to look at that? It's going to take a lot of effort to glean anything from that. But I'll tell you, from this whiteboard, this whiteboard taught me more than all the classes that I have had previous and, and since. These things I remembered. And uh, maybe it's, it's the, uh, maybe it's our, our ministry, maybe it's what we were called to, but this stuck with me more than uh, many sermons. Sermons I have uh, heard and forgotten many. But this whiteboard, I will never forget. This cluttered whiteboard showed me so much. What did it show me? Let me point out a couple things. Number one, you are grossly unprepared for missionary work. True statement. But Jesus still loves you. But I'm not sure about the natives. You may never really know, likely. The second thing I learned, 80% of first-term missionaries never return to the field. 80% that are sent never return to the field. And I remember this, number three, David loves saying to us all, you aren't smart enough, you aren't prepared enough, and you will fail miserably, thank you very much, in language and culture. All of this is a given, he said. So what? You're going to quit? What does God have in mind for your failures? Very interesting perspective. I think one of, the, one of the things that is difficult for us today is to find out how we live out our faith. We, we talk about it, we talk a good game sometimes about it, but that's usually here, right? That's usually in a group of, of uh, like-minded believers. But we get outside and we don't really know how to engage the world. We don't know what to do. We can't communicate to the outside world. We can't communicate in, in a way that resonates with the people we have in con uh, that we come in contact with every day. Why can't we do that? Why do we struggle? Well, I want to talk to you about a couple things, two points, only two that we shared in our ministry update. Number one, being like Christ is more effective than doing for Christ. And number two, when God calls, 
He equips and provides. Now the first point, we are called to be before we can do. Most of the commands in the New Testament, as we have already talked about, are for us to be something different. We're called to be the light. We're called to be salt. We're called to be holy. The bees. It's all talking about being, not doing. Now, we're called to do as well. But what I have found is this happens organically after we have become what God wants us to be. Not perfect. We're not talking about perfection. We're talking about being that which God calls us to be. And after we're transformed into being more like Christ, God will use us. Romans 3.14 tells us, let me go through this. I forgot my uh, slide presentation. Sorry about that. Romans 3.14. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. Here Paul uses an example of putting on like different clothing. Well, for us it's easy to picture this. Put on Jesus like a different shirt. But notice the second part of the verse. Make no provision for the flesh. In other words, put on Christ, put off the flesh. It's a very different picture. In our day-to-day lives, we need to remember to put on Christ and put off our fleshly desires. This is one of the keys we need to learn going forward as we are being more like our Savior. And may I say one more thing here. I want us to understand something about human nature. When you came to Christ, it was a, a tremendous experience you were welcomed into the fellowship of believers. You became someone different. You became part of the light. You became part of the light. And we love it here. I love visiting churches. I love visiting with all of you. Why? Because it's so comfortable. It's so comfortable to be around fellow believers, like-minded believers. But after we come to know Christ, we are called to the light. After we become believers, we are now called to the darkness. Now, let me say that again. I don't want to be misconstrued here. When we come to Christ, we become part of the light When we become part of the light, we are now called to go out into the darkness. We are now called to darkness. Remember what we said about messy? It's messy. It's not nice. At times, it's ugly. It's very ugly. And at times, 
we can barely bear to be in the presence of those who are in the darkness. It's difficult. It's not easy. But that is what we are called to. We're called to minister to those in the darkness. You know, while we do that, not only is it messy and hard, but it costs us something. It costs us our time. It costs us our resources. And with, without uh, Christ, I think it would cost us even more. We need to remember that Christ has called us to those that do not yet have the light. We are to be the light in the darkness. Mark 13:11 says, "And when you bring when they bring you to trial and deliver you over, do not be anxious beforehand what you are to say, but say whatever is given you in that hour, for it is not you who speak, but the Holy Spirit." God will equip you with what you need each and every time for each and every circumstance. Do you believe that? He will provide the resources. He will provide your very words. In this way, God will equip you while you are being light in the darkness. At times, I know I, you probably have experienced this too, you think you're prepared for something and then you realize that I wasn't prepared at all. I had no idea what I was doing. Why did I do this? Have you ever been there? I've been there. God says he will be there through the power of the Holy Spirit to help in those times. He will give us what we need. Acts 4.8, this is just part of the verse, you can go on and read the rest. Peter was what? Filled with the Holy Spirit. And then he spoke. How clearly we see over and over again, the Holy Spirit is the one that empowers us and gives us that which we need in our time of need. And God will do the same for us as we are being the light in darkness. I just want to remind you of the two things. Being like Christ is more effective than doing for Christ. And when God calls, and he will, he's going to equip and he's going to provide in his time. God is looking for us to be something different. He desires us to be the light. He desires us to go as he has called us to the darkness and with the power of the Holy Spirit speak life-giving truth to those in the darkness. He didn't call the equipped when he called the disciples. 
They were fishermen, not theologians. Remember those guys he called? Why'd he call them? I still rack my brain trying to figure that out. Just fishermen. Rather, as only he can do, he equipped them for the work ahead. This is the pattern that we have seen so that we do not take the glory from God, but he gets it all. Let's make up our minds today to live in this way. God has called you. He will equip you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this truth that comes from your scriptures. It's something that still is elusive in, uh, in our lives at times. But I pray, Father, that you will help us to see the truth, the truth that you are in control, that you have our best in mind, that you have called us out of darkness so that we may minister to those that are in the dark. Help us to take this with us today and remember it and live it out, not for our glory, but for yours. Thank you, Father, for loving us, for giving us your Holy Spirit to direct us. And we thank you, Father, for this church. We ask that you will be with it in the years to come. In Jesus' name, amen. Dave, thank you so much for your sharing. And Terry, and I would ask the whole family to come up if you could come up here. We want to pray with you as a congregation to commit you again to the Lord. And as you continue your faithfulness, if you're able to make it up, we just appreciate them so much. And uh, just imagine what they've been through the last four years. Leave everything you know all the comforts of home, and you go into the unknown, the darkness, and that's what they did. So we want to pray for them, commit them to the Lord. Would you pray with me now? Most loving Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for bringing the fishers, Lord, back to us, that we could hear their heart once again. Father, I thank you for the way you've used them these past years. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you gave them the endurance and the perseverance that they didn't give up and quit and leave the field. But now they desire to go back in your strength. Thank you, Father, for the path you have chosen for them. And you have shown yourself again to be faithful as you provided for their needs these past four years, both physically, financially, materially, Lord. And, and now, as they, at the end of this year, they plan to return. Father, we commit them to you. Pray that you would continue to meet those needs. Give them souls, Lord, for their labor. And uh, may there be many who will grow in their faith because of the discipleship ministries that they will be involved in. Father, keep them healthy and strong and safe. And again, we thank you for a family like this that we have the privilege of supporting through prayer, through finances, Lord. And Father, what a day it will be when they enter glory's gates 
And they will stand before their Savior and hear him say, Well done, my good and faithful servants. Enter into my kingdom. So, Father, into your hands, once again, we commit this dear family. And thank you for what you will do as we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.